Welcome to CoinStack, our podcast and newsletter on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, DeFi, blockchain, Web 3.0, and the future of money. Let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Ryan Alice. Welcome back to CoinStack. It is Thursday, August 19th, 2021. We took last week off. We're back. We are here today in Boulder, Colorado. I have moved from Bali, uh, where I lived for the last year and a half, to Colorado. So I'm now living here. And we're going to be doing the weekly podcast here between myself in Colorado and our CoinStack analyst, Mike Gavella, who is calling in from New York City, from New Jersey. You're going to be getting a chance to meet him later today. This week's episode is going to be a recap of all things Bitcoin, Ethereum, DeFi, blockchain, and the future of money. And we're going to be reviewing all of the top crypto news, fundraises, stats, and podcasts from the last week. And we're also going to be tearing, sharing about the top 10 stories of the week and the podcast that just made a difference in our life this week and some of the big fundraises as well. So we're going to jump in. We're glad you're here. It's a, going to be a big episode, probably 20 or 30 minutes. So thanks for listening. Hope you are doing well wherever you are around the world. All right, so let's jump in. We're going to get started today with the latest crypto market forecast. So based on on-chain analytics and the amount of capital coming into the crypto space from both institutional investors and retail investors, crypto markets appear to be headed toward what we call is a double market peak. We first predicted this back on July 5th in the CoinStack newsletter. And we looked back at what happened to Bitcoin in 2013. And in the 2013 run-up, Bitcoin had a huge spring. Keep in mind, Bitcoin works in four-year cycles following the halvings. There was a 2012 halving, a 2016 halving, and a 2020 halving. And two cycles ago, after the 2012 halving, it went up quite nicely in the end of 2012 and then just skyrocketed in the beginning of 2013. And then what happened in April 2013 is Bitcoin crashed 60%. The same exact thing happened in April 2020, one just a couple months ago. And so when we're looking at this crash that happened in April, May 2021, there was a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities between what happened in 2013. And so when it's so early in the four-year cycle, only about 12 to 13 months after the halving that happened in May 2021, excuse me, May 2020, what we then sort of thought is, wow, there's a lot of institutional capital coming in right now in 2021, and it's not done. It's actually only getting started. Back in the 2017 cycle, it was 65% retail that was investing in Bitcoin. Now it's the flipped. It's actually 65% institutional. We get that data from Coinbase's S1 when they filed to go public about six months ago. And so now that it's flipped and we're getting two thirds of the capital coming in from institutional investors, we have to look at what is the institutional schedule. And you know just as well as I that in the Northern Hemisphere, the summer months are June, July, and August. And frankly, people that work in institutions in June, July, and August, people that work in big banks, they tend to work about half time in the summer months. And then what tends to happen mid-August is the kids go back to school right about now, in America at least, which is, is driving a good substantial part of the market. Same thing in Europe, same thing in other parts of Asia. And during that time frame, people go back to work. 
and they really start to look at what did they learn the first half of the year and how can they allocate capital for the second half of the year. So now in early August, a few weeks ago, we started to see a resurgence of Bitcoin. We've called the bottom here at CoinStack. We wrote in early July that now was the time to invest back when Bitcoin was at 29,000. We called the bottom for Bitcoin at 29K. We called the bottom for Ether at 1750. And we said that anytime Ether goes under 2K, that's the time to invest. That's the time to put money in. And what has happened since? Well, Ether is up over 50%. It's now at 3,000. And Bitcoin has gone up from 29,000 to 45,000, which is about 40%. And so Bitcoin's up 40%, Ether's up 50% off its lows, and we expect to see new all-time highs during fall 2021. We think Bitcoin will pass its prior high from April 13th of 64,000, which corresponded with the Coinbase public listing. And we think Ethereum will beat its prior high of 4350 per Ether, which was achieved on May 11th. Now, while things could always change based on what we're seeing now, we do expect to see not only new time highs, but we actually expect to see Bitcoin breaking 80K plus and Ether breaking 6K plus by the end of 2021. We think we'll see very good results for ETH now that not only do we have the EIP 1559 burning and reducing the supply of ETH with, with every single day and every single block, but also we have ETH 2.0 launching in early 2022, which is less than six months away. And with that comes the move to proof, proof of stake which has higher security at a lower cost and actually more availability for people, anyone to become a staker. You know, previously you had to invest quite a lot in mining equipment to be able to become a miner. Now, anyone with any amount of ether can become a staker. You need 32 ETH to stake directly, but you could indirectly stake through the Lido pool or rocket pool and generate 6% plus uh, returns just by holding ETH. So we think it's going to do very well as we see a supply squeeze in Ether toward the end of 2021 and as ETH 2.0 launches. We'll stop there. That's our market forecast. We're going to go next to the top 10 stories of the week. All right. Well, that was a lot of information on the latest market forecast. Long story short, we think the number is going to go up this fall. I think a lot of people think that. We've got Willy Woo saying it's going to get above 200K. We've got Pantera predicting it's going to get above 115K. We've got the stock to flow model predicting 100K by November. So we'll see if we, if we reach that magic 100K number. I think there's going to be a lot of celebration when we do. Uh, is it going to happen this cycle? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty confident we'll get above 80, 90. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, market sell pressure when we get into the upper 90s because of the psychological 100K level. But if we can break that 100K level, uh, watch out because that, that sets up the door for potentially running up to 150K this cycle. The higher up we go, though, uh, the farther down we may go in 2022. Um, Unlike uh, Ethereum that actually has revenues, we have to keep in mind that Bitcoin has very low revenues and none of those revenues flow to the holders, they flow to the miners. And so Bitcoin remains somewhat speculative. Uh, and if we see 150, 200K this cycle, we have to be prepared for a, a 70 to 80% drop. I, I think what will probably end up happening is we'll get to 130, 140 by January, February. And then we'll probably drop back into the 60 to 70K range uh, and, and sort of uh, even out. I, I do think 50 to 60K will be the floor. 
for the for the bottom in 2022. So I still think now is a good time to put money to work at Bitcoin 45k. And I do think Bitcoin will eventually get into the 500k range, but I think that's going to take another cycle. I think we'll see 500k Bitcoin maybe by 2025 or 2026. Uh, but definitely not this cycle. So now let's go into the top 10 stories of the week. So story number one, you know, last week we saw one of the largest hacks ever in crypto history. $600 million was taken by an anonymous hacker. Now, um, apparently the hacker was a bit of a, a white hat hacker. And after the hack, Poly Network reached out pretty quickly uh, and asked for the money back. And they said, hey, we, we saw your IP address. We have your digital fingerprint. We've hired a security agency. If you don't give us the money back, uh, that information is going to the FBI and you're going to end up in jail. Um, now, whether that was true or not, we don't know. But what we do know um, is the next day through Twitter, Mr. White Hat, as we'll call him, uh, reached out to Poly Network and said, all right, I'll give you your money back, but on the condition that you improve your security practices to make sure this can never happen again. And so the money was sent back and uh, they, uh, Poly Network has actually offered to Mr. White Hat to become their chief security advisor. The firm said in a statement earlier this week, quote, to extend our thanks and encourage Mr. White Hat to continue contributing to security advancement in the blockchain world together with Poly Network. We cordially invite Mr. White Hat to be the chief security advisor of Poly Network. What a world we live in where stealing $600 million becomes a job interview. So next story, we'll look at OpenSea. OpenSea had a big spring. You know, there was this big NFT buzz in February, March, and April, and then it sort of died off. You know, there wasn't that much buzz about NFTs in May or June as Bitcoin collapsed. But we have actually seen that the month of August has been the highest month ever for OpenSea. And over the last 30 days, the OpenSea has seen a new record. And in fact, there is more volume in August 2021 than in every month prior combined. Not just more volume, but more volume than every month ever collectively in the history of the marketplace. OpenSea reached 1.36 million transactions over the last 30 days, 180% increase over the prior 30-day period. Story number three for the week, Novogratz's Galaxy Digital has filed for an exchange-traded fund. Galaxy has filed their N1A with the SEC for an ETF that will invest in products with indirect exposure to Bitcoin. This is big. Now, there has not yet been an ETF approved for Bitcoin itself, but here they are applying for an ETF worth indirect exposure to Bitcoin. We'll see when the SEC approves their first ETF for Bitcoin. We do have a couple in Canada now. We also have an Ethereum ETF in Canada. And we have Bitcoin and Ether trading in the futures market on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, but no ETF yet. Now, once gold got their ETF approved in 2003, in the following decade, gold went up about 80%. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more than that in the next decade regardless, but I do think an ETF for Bitcoin would be huge news and would drive the price up higher. Story number four, we have some of the biggest firms and pension funds and state funds in the country who are all supporting Coinbase. Bridgewater, Citadel, and Tennessee's Treasury are among Coinbase's stockholders. New SEC filings show also Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Citigroup, Bank of America, Millennium, BlackRock, and Millennium uh, Miller Value Partners as holders 
of substantial Coinbase stock, which is this ticker symbol coin, which is further demonstrating the institutional demand for crypto exposure directly or indirectly. We'll take a short break. We'll be back with stories five through 10. And we're back for the next five stories of the week. So NFT trading, which we've already talked about through OpenSea earlier, has been surging. It is up eight times and has been averaging 60,000 sales per day. According to DAP Radar, OpenSea's trading volume over the past 30 days was $1.22 billion. That, in terms of a quantitative number, is up 933% in 30 days. So earlier we said that the volume of sales is up 180% in terms of number of transaction, but the value per transaction is also up such that the sales are up 933% in 30 days. Truly incredible the amount of people money amount of money that people will spend on a picture of a rock or an alien. Story number six, 90% of Fidelity's biggest clients want crypto exposure. According to a recent survey, the firm is now planning to open up the digital asset space to both institutional and retail investors. Story number seven for the week, Walmart, a Fortune 500 company, one of the biggest companies in the world, is hiring a cryptocurrency expert per their new LinkedIn job post to expand its virtual payment options as a growing number of Fortune 500 companies warm up to accepting digital currencies. This is the start of something big. It starts slow and then it snowballs. Story number eight, crypto firms are on a hiring spree. The number of job postings for crypto jobs has surged by 118X, not 118X, 118% unemployment website Indeed just in the last year. So they've more than doubled in the last year. Um, we're seeing over 1,500 new crypto and blockchain jobs per month uh, on Indeed, and that is just getting higher. That's actually, I'm looking at the chart now, that's a seven-day moving average. So not just 1,500 per month, that's 1,500 per week um, that are coming on to Indeed. So over 6,000 new blockchain jobs per month just on one platform. Story number nine, Twitter has chosen former Zcash developer to head the Blue Sky project. Uh, developer Jay Graber of Zcash has announced that she will be heading up Blue Sky, which is Twitter's social media decentralization project. She says in a tweet on August 16th, I'm excited to announce I'll be leading Blue Sky, an initiative started by Twitter to decentralize social media. Follow updates on Twitter and at blueskyweb.org. Anthony Pompliano wrote, wrote earlier this week, an article in his daily newsletter about Blue Sky and just praising uh, Jack, the founder of, of Twitter, for being able to pursue this. You know, he's doing, Jack Dorsey's pursuing a lot. Not only is he, is he building uh, Twitter, he's building another uh, payments company and he's been a big fan of Bitcoin and he's been a big fan of decentralization. So this will be interesting to watch to see if we can truly create a decentralized and uncensorable social media platform. Now, whether an uncensorable social media platform is good or bad, we'll have to find out in the future, but it is good to note that this is being developed. Last story today that Alibaba has launched an NFT marketplace for trading. They have launched a new marketplace that allows trademark holders to sell NFTs representing licenses to their copyright. This is interesting. This is especially in the Chinese market. We'll end this section with the tweet of the week. 
Alex Atala, who is alexatala.eth on the Ethereum blockchain, has said that OpenSea has now passed Etsy in volume with 1 billion so far in August. So digital pictures and in-game NFTs have, are now selling more than the entire Etsy marketplace, and they are rapidly catching up to all of eBay. That's the news for the week. We'll be back in just a moment with the crypto fundraises and deals, as well as the key stats of the week. All right, I am back. We're going to now do the weekly crypto fundraises and deals. Cryptocurrency broker Bitpanda raised $263 million at a $4 billion valuation. Um, I've been working in this space for six months. No, eight months now. I've never heard of Bitpanda. I'm sure they're awesome. Um, but the fact that there are things I've never heard of named after animals that are getting $4 billion valuations just tells you what part of the market cycle we are in. We are in the part of the market cycle where valuations are a little bit crazy. But why? Because we are building the future of global finance. So ultimately, it will make sense. Story number two for fundraisers is that Polygon which is the developer of the Matic token, which is the ability to essentially do Ethereum transactions at 1 20th the cost, has acquired Hermes in a $250 million deal that includes the first ever token merger. Now, actually, I think Yearn did a few token mergers last year during DeFi Summer 2020, uh, but at least the report here says that Polygon has acqu acquired Hermes uh, in a big, big deal. Crypto staking firm Figment has also raised $50 million from Novogratz Galaxy and blockchain security firm Certic has raised another $24 million one month after its Series B. It's interesting that we have Series Bs and Series Cs and Series Ds happening 30, 40 days apart from each other, not years apart as they used to be. Digital asset manager HyperRhythm has raised $11 million in funding led by Hashed. And former Goldman Sachs employees have launched DeepRive Protocol Ondo with $4 million in seed funding. Next, we'll do the key stats of the week. Here are the most important and interesting stats in crypto for this week. The current burn rate for Ethereum sits at 3.26 ETH per minute or about $10,000 per minute. Since ETH started burning on August 5th with EIP-1559, we have burned over 60 thousand ETH, reducing the supply of ETH. Eventually, by 2022, when ETH goes to proof of stake, ETH will have a negative issuance, making it harder money than even Bitcoin. Why have a fixed supply when you can have a declining supply? So story number two, net exchange flows for both Ethereum and Bitcoin are negative. When exchange flows are negative, that means coins are moving off exchanges. And when coins are moving off exchanges, that means higher prices. So we see a huge correlation. This is probably one of the most basic on-chain analysis items that you can know, that when you use Glassnode to look for the net exchange flows and the net exchange flows are negative, it is highly probable that we are in a bull market for quite some time to come. When the exchange flows become positive, that is the time to exit the market. Story number three, Bitcoin has continued to show momentum and has moved above its 50, 100, and 200-day moving average. The Bitcoin death cross that was reached in late May because of the Chinese mining ban enforcement 
has now been uh, broken. And now we have the golden cross where we have gone above the 200 day moving average as we spoke about last issue. We see that when you go above the 200 day moving average, then in the following six months, there's an average return over 150%. We'll see if we get there for Bitcoin in the second half of this year. Number four, Ethereum is now averaging over 30X the daily revenues of Bitcoin. In the last seven days, it's averaged $21 million per day versus $678,000 for Bitcoin. That's according to CryptoFees.info. I say this a lot, but it's pretty obvious. Um, I'm just going to be direct. Um, Bitcoin is not a development platform. And because it is not a development platform, you can't really build apps on it. Ethereum is a development platform. It's a turn complete blockchain. And because of that, it has thousands of apps on it. And it has dozens of apps with over $100 million in total value locked. And that is driving demand and usage. It's not just speculative cryptocurrencies anymore. These are actual software development platforms with actual apps with hundreds of millions of dollars in total value locked. That's what's driving Ethereum to be 10 times higher than Binance Smart Chain and 30 times higher than Bitcoin in terms of actual revenues. Story number five, Ethereum is now settling over $23 billion per day in value, which is three times that of the Bitcoin network. I think it's just inevitable that Ethereum is going to flip Bitcoin in terms of total market cap. I think we'll get there in 2025. It could happen in 2022. We will see. Story number six, Token Terminal is now adding OpenSea's on-chain data to the platform, and it's showing that OpenSea's daily revenue is now as high and slightly higher recently than Uniswap, the largest decentralized exchange. Total revenue uh, was about $3.9 million for August 17th for OpenSea. And uh, that compares to about $3.3 million for Uniswap. So OpenSea is already higher than Uniswap in terms of daily revenues. Uh, BTC's hash rate has recovered. Uh, this is the last story of the day, key stat. Um, it has recovered 30 to 40% from the Chinese exodus in late May. This further demonstrates Bitcoin's bullish trend. So are we bullish about Bitcoin? We are. We think it'll probably double from where it is now uh, into the 80-90K range by the end of 2021. We will see. But we're even more bullish about Ethereum, the most used blockchain in the world. Uh, lastly, we will go for the end of this episode, some highlights for some recent crypto reports. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a few seconds. All right. So now we will finish today's CoinStack episode with some highlights from the top crypto reports. Myself and our analyst, Mike Gavella, we spend 40 plus hours a week we are reviewing everything. We're subscribed to every newsletter, every podcast, every paid subscription, every analytics firm, and we summarize it for you every week so that you don't have to spend 40 hours a week in crypto, but you can get all the information you need in 15 to 20 minutes. So here are the highlights from the week. ETH 2.0, which is launching about February of next year, 2022, is going to be increasing the amount of staking. So Lewis Harlan from Decentral Park Capital points out that Ethereum has doubled its daily staking deposits to the ETH2 deposit contract. He quote he says in a quote, for Ethereum, ETH holders have been showing stronger commitments to ETH2 with the number of daily ETH deposited into the ETH2 deposit contract increasing 100% since last month. A successful London hard fork 
which happened on August 5th, where 51,000 plus uh, ETH has now been burned and growing popularity for liquid staking platforms are the likely reasons for this interest. Lido Finance has now had 800,000 ETH deposited via its DAO, with the platform becoming a more popular venue for ETH holders to receive staking rewards. Lido deposits represent 13% of all deposits made to the deposit contract. So what's happening here is that people are now doing the cost benefit analysis. And now that the London hard fork and EIP 1559 are done, they're saying, all right, ETH 2.0 proof of stake is coming next. It's going to be in less than six months. All right, I'll go ahead and lock up my ether for six months. The upside is you get six to 8% plus on your staking rewards per year. The downside is your ether gets locked until ETH 2 launches early next year. Story number two, uh, the retail is buying has been showing that we're in the mid stages of a bull market, not the latter stages, according to famed on-chain analyst, Willie Wu. He said in his recent forecast number 25 on August 16th, that quote, one of my favorite macro metrics to watch is the buying habits of retail. I cover this in my last letter and I'll make a note of this again with a chart update. While large entities of 100 Bitcoin and upwards like to swing trade with their buying and selling, smaller retail, which is defined as less than one Bitcoin of ownership, as a cohort are continual buyers as Bitcoin continues its S-curve of adoption, bringing in the masses. True Bitcoin bear markets happen when retail stops buying. Presently, retail buying is very strong and it's synonymous with exponential curves being in the mid parts of a bull market like we are now. You can check out Willie Wu's weekly, uh, bi-weekly newsletter at williwu.substack.com. Story number three, open interest, in other words, future interest in futures has tracked price. So Ashwath Balakshrinan from Delphi Digital takes a look at how open interest tracks price. This is because the vast majority of open interest futures accounts are for traders trying to increase their exposure and to do delta neutral players, which means market neutral players, taking advantage of funding through the basis and contango trades. Regarding Ethereum, Ashwath notes the difference between Bitcoin's price and open interest growth is quite wide for ETH right now. So uh, what does this all mean? That was a bunch of words. So basically what we're saying here is that in April, uh, the amount of interest in trading futures for ETH that were betting that the ETH price was going to go up um, was higher than the spot price. Right now, we have a price of ETH in August 2021 that's higher than it was in April 2021. It's now at 3000 versus 2500 in April. And the open interest is lower. What does that mean? That means the price growth is sustainable because there's less speculation on in options and futures and derivatives contracts, there is more solid ground of investment in spot, which is essentially the market buy sell based on people who are making long-term, not short-term bets on the asset. What that means, there's more money in the space, more believers in the long-term value of ETH, and that we will continue going up. The author, uh, uh, Ashwath from Delphi said ETH closed yesterday at 3300 per coin with 8 billion in open interest. The first time ETH hit 3300 in May 2021, open interest was higher, just over 10 billion, and trading volume was much, much higher. In general, lower leverage implies a healthier market with less fuel for liquidations. Story number four Bitcoin's realized cap is now at an all time high. This is a big deal. 
The team at Arcane Research published their latest weekly report highlighting Bitcoin's realized market cap and has surpassed their previous all-time high from April 2021. So what does this mean? And how could the realized cap be higher now at a lower price? Because Bitcoin's only at 47,000 versus 64,000 in April. Well, realized cap is essentially the price at which people bought in. Um, and so the average price that people are buying in at is now higher. It's more like 25, 27,000. It's higher than it was in the past. And the price at which people buy in is essentially a price floor, which means that if the price were to go below that, um, people would no longer be in profit. And so the higher the realized cap goes, the safer that you feel like, okay, that is essentially a price floor in any type of bull market. It only really went under the realized cap very briefly in 2018 and only for a week in 2020 during the COVID crash. So what does that mean? That means that we now have a Bitcoin price floor roughly at about $30,000 and growing. That is great to know. The last story that we'll talk about this week, Nexus is the most undervalued project in DeFi insurance, according to Spencer Noon, an investor at Varian, an early stage crypto VC fund. He looked at the on-chain metrics for DeFi platforms and concluded that in the insurance industry, there is a major opportunity with Nexus Mutual. He wrote, quote, with protocol cover, Nexus is covering more projects and other chains outside of Ethereum. Anchor Protocol, which is on the Terra platform, has become a popular source of cover purchases with over $25 million in coverage. And APY's annual interest rates are still around 20%, while stablecoin yields have come down across the board on Ethereum. What does that mean? Well, that means that you can get 19.5% uh, returns that are flat and stable by investing in Anchor's UST stablecoin, whereas on Ethereum, you're going to be getting maybe five, six, seven percent uh, in stablecoin pools on DeFi. That is the end of our stats. We'll end talking briefly about our coin of the week. Um, this week, the top coin of the week is PlayDap, the symbol is PLA. It's available on Coinbase and Uniswap. We write about it in our weekly newsletter at coinstack.substack.com. Also in the newsletter, we talk about the top 10 performers this week. The top three were Audius, Solana, and Ravain, all over 50% gains in the last week. And we write about the on-chain analysis with Bitcoin establishing a new price floor by our analyst, Mike Gavella. Our next podcast episode is going to be with Mike. We're going to publish that uh, tomorrow. However, I have Mike on the line right now. He's just joined us. And after the break, I'm going to introduce you to Mike. We'll be right back with that. For this last segment today, I have on the call with me, Mike Gavella, our Coinstack analyst. Mike, are you there? Hello, hello. How's it uh, going? We're glad to have you. You know, I've been working with Mike for about six years, since 2015, 2016. I met him uh, for a very interesting reason. He read a slide deck that I did, we're sort of reviewing all the lessons from my 28th birthday, for my first 28 years in life. This is almost nine years ago now. And he saw them and he decided to take one of the lessons that I learned that when you want to get in touch with people who have done a lot in life and are busy, you need to get their attention. And one of the best ways to get their attention is by sending them a bulky FedEx package. 
And so Mike actually sent me one of his favorite books uh, and he sent me a bulky FedEx package that got directly to me. If you send a letter in the mail, it usually goes to the executive assistant. Uh, but if you send a gift or a bulky package, um, you go directly to the person and it gets on their desk or to their house. So that's what he did. He sent me the book, The Alchemist, as well as a letter asking for a way to work together. We started working together uh, at Hive. And then the last year, we've been working together here at Coinstack, both on the Coinstack Alpha Fund, as well as our crypto analysis, our podcast, and our newsletter. And Mike has become, over the last six months, a very strong expert in the field of on-chain crypto analysis. He uses the data from places like Glassnode to be able to predict in advance where the market price is going for major cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Mike is becoming quite a specialist in the realm of Bitcoin and Ethereum on-chain analytics. With that, I'd like to have Mike introduce himself. He's calling in today from New Jersey. He is our East Coast uh, office representative here, and he is going to be on uh, another podcast tomorrow where I'm going to be interviewing him about his recent on-chain article about Bitcoin establishing a price floor at 40K. And um, with that, I'll let you speak for a few minutes. Mike, will you say hi to everybody and, and, and introduce yourself? What up, Coinstack crew? My name is Mike. Thank you, Ryan, for that awesome intro. And I will be taking a more public-facing uh, role here at Coinstack, taking over the podcast as well as more of an on-chain analysis. Because let's be honest here, Ryan, it's on-chain for a reason. So let's see what's going on. So I'm really excited to just show you guys what I've been working on in the background and just trying to make this as simple as possible with this new asset class. Um, and tell us just a little bit about yourself. You know, where where are you living in the world? Um, you know, what what's what are some of your interests and backgrounds outside of the world of crypto? You know, what what what's your what's your life like? You know, pr pr before getting into crypto, like what did you love to do? Well, that would be training for half marathon. So I'm actually an avid runner. Uh, right now, I'm trying to get back in shape for the Central Park half marathon February. So that's always exciting. So before I check on the markets and listen to my, you know, my daily breakdown with NLW, we get that done. And right now we're starting a new life here. So recently moved and just trying to see what's going on in the crypto space. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, it's been wonderful working together the last six years and the last year here at Coinstack. We'll be interviewing you on the next podcast launching tomorrow about your on-chain analytics article. Um, we're very excited to be working with you more closely. A lot of the articles and content you see in CoinStack are written by Mike. They're edited by me, um, but they are actually written by Mike. Um, we're building them up here as the expert in the field in on-chain analysis. You know, we've got Willie Wu and we've got Will Clemente, who are the on-chain analysts in the field of Bitcoin. But there's really no one who has established themselves as the Willy Wu of Ethereum. And I think as Ethereum becomes the bigger cryptocurrency and certainly the bigger blockchain by usage and volume uh, than Bitcoin, which has sort of already happened, um, it's going to be very important for there to be an Ethereum focused uh, uh, on-chain analyst. And I think that's what Mike is. And so he'll be talking about Ethereum. He'll be talking about Polkadot. He'll be talking about Solana. He'll be talking about all the other L1s and side chains and scaling solutions. Um, but we're really going to be using a lot of data to predict markets based on Ether, which we believe will be the, the biggest cryptocurrency by market cap within a couple of years. So with that, we'll sign off for today. Thanks for listening to Coinstack. And we will see you tomorrow with another episode.
That's all for today. Thank you for listening to the CoinStack podcast, where we are tracking the most important blockchain stories of the 2020s, including a decentralized internet and the creation of a new open global monetary system that works for everyone. We're so happy to have you as a listener. Please share it with your friends. Please join our free newsletter at coinstack.substack.com. And also check out our Telegram group where you can chat with others and learn even more about crypto. You can go to t.me slash the coinstack or just type in coinstack into Telegram to find us. Thanks so much. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.